home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar. a.m. Hour 3, kicking off now on the Press Box. Listen to the Roar 105.5, the Roar.com. Yeah, the college ball playoff decisions that have come out, uh, very interesting in terms of the structure, the formats. We talked about the 5 plus 7 yesterday. Uh, not a surprise at all with the 5 plus 7 because of the way the Pac-12 has been decimated. You know, it was, it was more just a getting to that point of voting it unanimously and the you know Schultz the guy at Washington State was the holdout as he's been asking for other things he was sort of holding his vote <laughs> ransom here <laughs> so that he could uh, try to get some other ideas we don't know if those ideas are gonna come to fruition or not because John the looming revenue distribution model uh, the, that's a an, an issue um, one through five on concernometer uh, that this becomes a, a really contentious thing that lasts for a long time and maybe affects the structure and getting a, a deal for 2026 done. A five. Yeah, I think, I think this is going to be the hardest we're thing. We're going to argue know. about money. It's going to take some time and it's going to get ugly. Well, is this not... <laughs> the closest thing I can come up to comparing it to, like, labor disputes. Yeah. When player associations and pro leagues go into long debates. Remember MLB, you know, lockout kind of stuff, scenarios. Um, you know, they had that a couple of years ago and, you know, resolved it in time to start the season, you know, a little bit maybe off schedule. Um, NBA certainly had their disputes. NFL's had theirs. Is this not something that's going to be similar? At least they'll, they'll work it out in the time needed. Like there won't be a there won't be a, we, we start a season without a playoff format. There won't be a lockout or anything like that. No, I, I just think it'll take a lot longer than they want it to to finalize exactly what the format and everything looks like for 2026 moving forward. Um, in the ESPN.com article right up, um, just you know, the approval of the five plus seven model. Uh, there's a quote in here. Uh, Mississippi State President Mark Keenum, the chair of the college football playoff board, told ESPN last week that none of the conferences know yet what the revenue distribution will be in the next contract. Quote, none of us do. There's a lot of work that's going to have to entail on behalf of our commissioners and others to bring some recommendations to the board. They're not there. We're not there. I hear what they're saying, but I don't know how you commit to it. Why do you think the Big Ten and the SEC join forces? It wasn't, as, again, some of this was to, to test the water so they can get away with what they can't. But they want to be on the same page from a revenue distribution model because they want the most money. So, And if they're on the same page, odds are everyone will fall in line. They'll Eventually. gang up on the others is essentially what this is. Because if, if they were at odds over a distribution model, <laughs> then we really got turmoil. This thing will never get settled. But if they get on the same page, they can sort of push people along to agree to whatever it gets decided. We talked about this. The ACC is going to have a hard time because they're in flux in the court system. Like They're being sued by a team in their own league to get out and void the grant of rights. they got their own internal issues. It's hard. It's really hard to go to the, the bargaining table and demand things when, when your house isn't even in order. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got the Big 12 who's trying a completely different business model than a lot of these other leagues. And they're they're trying to get games in different 
countries and they're trying to to team up with WWE and market themselves and become like the cool fun league. The SEC and the Big Ten are so serious, but we're going to be the fun league that everybody wants to watch and have a good time at. That's sort of what they're building. Yeah, and I, I think they'll, I think they'll nail that. But they're going to be separated. There's going to be a, you know a, a divide between them. Well, the yeah, leagues. because the argument will be, yeah, we have all these these fun games, these fun teams, and everyone's kind of like, there's no, it's not the old Big Twelve, right, where there's Texas, Oklahoma, and everybody else, right? Everyone's kind of on an even playing field within that league. Parody. Parody. And it's going to be as fun of a league to watch in college football, in my opinion, because you're going to have so many one-score games, wild, wonky finishes, but the pushback from the powers of B are going to be, you don't have a serious program in your league. Right. So you don't, have, you don't have a program that recruits to the level of Georgia or Ohio State or you know whatever big brand you want to put in there. Which, there, are, there are no big brands in that league now. Which means they'll lose some of their bargaining power. Yes. The distribution thing is going to last, I think, for a very long time. And I, I think it's going to get ugly before it gets resolved, too. Yeah, and I, I still think that $7.8 billion that got floated was on purpose to sort of get the wheels churning towards what that model is going to look like. But we don't really know. I, I, I have great concern that this is a divide in college football that will last for two years. I agree with you. Or at least a year and a half. Till and, and it lasts up until it... it you know, can't win the calendar dictates that. Well, it took until this week to finalize the five plus seven model. Coaches were starting spring practice, some stopping them, uh, but starting spring practice without the idea of knowing how you make a playoff. Yep. What your postseason even looks like. You're Didn't laying, even get that until this week. You're laying out your structure and your calendar for the entire year and you don't you didn't know what the postseason format looked like. Speaking of structure and calendar, we're in for a treat in twenty twenty five. January the 8th through the 12th, John. I'm going to lay out to you what's going to happen on those dates. All right. We're going to get, on the 8th, that's a Thursday, a, the first college football playoff semifinal of the year. Okay. Then on Friday, we're going to get the second of two semifinals. Then on Saturday, we're going to get wild card weekend in the NFL. Super wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend, sorry. That'll carry over into the... Ninth on Sunday. I'm sorry, the um, 11th on Sunday. And the 12th on Monday. So the 8th through the 12th is going to be do or die, win or go home, high-level football for not one, not two, not three, not four, but five consecutive days. Is that your concern that that rivals the Thursday through Sunday NCAA tournament? that we blocked off as our premier block of sports? Five. For me, as someone who I'm just more of a football fan than a basketball fan, I love the tournament. I love those first couple days of the tournament, but if I can have that action with football, you have piqued my interest. I don't even want to come to work that Thursday, Friday, We're going to be here. We're going to put on shows. I don't want to. I want Too to bad. Be- Too bad. Oh. <sighs> None of those games are going to happen from 9 to noon, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. But, man, well, the, no, none of them can happen that early in the day. And we don't work on Saturday and Sunday live on the air for three hours, so we don't have to worry about that either. But, man, I just want to be consumed by football. Five straight days of high-level win at all costs. Now, you don't get the volume that you get on the first two days of the NCAA tournament. 
you know, you don't get 32 games. You know, it's just not, it's not, you know, nonstop action from noon until 1 a.m. Right. But the buildup and the hype that's going to surround it, I think that is going to be the premier weekend in sports now. Especially for the first time because we'll have no idea what we're walking into. Yeah. It's going to feel weird to get semifinal games on Thursday and Friday, but you see why they're doing that. And the ability to capitalize on that marketing of five straight days of high-level winner-go-home football. Especially because the NFL already owns Saturdays at that point of the calendar. Yep. (laughs) That, That part does bother me. I know what my vaca- vacation days are. Uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how many people are going to burn their vacation days before the middle of January. <laughs> like how many of y'all are going to run out of your PTO before the end of the first month of the year? You know, January in a lot of industries is a pretty slow month. It's first of the year. You're, you're ramping back up business. Uh, good good luck up getting time. your time off approved after, because I know in our industry we don't get this, but we see the text line. A lot of y'all get two weeks off around Christmas. Yeah, there's a lot of people who take a lot of time off yeah. during the holidays. And, and does that shift now? Do you sort of maybe save some of those days? You'll work in up, up to right before New Year's so that you get some time off the 8th through the 12th. Dexter said so much for a dry January. Uh, you know what? Push it back a couple weeks. Start it on the 13th. Go to February 13th. You know, next year there's only 28 days in February. Just pointing that out. <laughs> Will this help make January a more uh, pleasurable month because I... It's still going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to get dark at 4.30. It's the longest month of the year. It takes forever to get through. Does it give you some solace knowing that you're going to get a week of football action the 8th through the 12th, basically? I mean, it doesn't doesn't hurt my feelings. Tammy from Seneca got in. See you in February, boss. (laughs) Yeah. I'll come in after the Super Bowl's done. Yeah, that's not even the national championship week for college football. That's now the semifinal week that takes you into, and there's no break. There's just right infant from college to the NFL, and then I guess a week later, you'll get more NFL playoffs followed by a national championship in college football. So really, you need to block off two weeks of your life. Y'all, we're going to have some fun radio in those two weeks. I can't wait. If you can get me in here, we're going to have some, if, if it's not you and Faxon, then you and I are going to have some fun radio. If it is Faxon and I, we'll do some great shows. <laughs> yeah, y'all have at it. <laughs> I just want off. Man, that's going to be fun. Can't get you into work. I mean, do you think any of these games are going to start before 8.30? No. So we're going to be dragging in here at 9 o'clock. Okay. We do that now. I I guess I guess I uh, would it would be nice though to to be able to sleep in after a long night of watching football. Well, then switch time slots with Walt Deptula. But <laughs> uh, and, until then, <laughs> we'll see you bright and early, boss. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and then for me to to uh, manipulate. Well, the you, schedule. all right. Now that you're bringing it up, concern one through five. I'd like to see maybe some text responses on this. That Brad's going to let his kids consume five straight days of postseason football. Ah, school's back. Can't do that. Nah. Free Brad's kids. I mean, I can watch the first quarter. They're going to have to ride around in the car with you. They're going to have to be in the home with you as you just talk about how great the five days of football are going to be. Boys, time to go to bed. They can stay up on Friday night and watch the semifinal game. They can consume NFL on Saturday and Sunday to a certain degree, and then 
No Monday night. They're out of luck on Monday night. Not gonna be that hard. Free Brett's kids. Why does this always gotta have to go back to my kids? What is this? It's not about your kids, it's more about your parenting. Oh, you have a problem with my parenting? Yeah. Okay. God. Well, let's see if I can find it's, it's more it's more me fighting on behalf of them. I have to find something personal to attack you over today. Well, you brought up the hit piece on the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, I, yeah, that is true. I, I try to attack you there. He tried to pr- bring up relegation. Trying to provoke you into saying something, but he threw that out there, and then you brought up Notre Dame. I'd say we're even. You, you got me all worked up there an hour or two. That's going to be a phenomenal week of football. Cannot wait. I, it's so far away, and I don't care. I'm, I'm so excited about it. This is coming from the same person who uh, yelled at me a week ago when I told him how many days there were until week zero of college football, and you're counting down till um, 11 months from now. This is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's exciting. Uh, one more that we'll get to coming up. I'm going to go ahead and just pose it now to you. All right. On the concern of meter involving college football. How concerned are you? One through five. You give me your number, and then we'll dive into it on the other side. The demise of G5 football in our country. That the the new structuring, the way that the college ball playoff is now set up, the way that NIL and the transfer portal are integrated into the game fully, that we will see G5 football as we've known it for decades. And it's it's gone through some changes here and there. It's not been just you know linear. But how much do you are you concerned that that portion of the ecosystem I don't want to say completely demolished but takes a massive hit where are you at one through five five if I put something higher than a five would you take it yes we'll discuss on the other side six five four or more to come the dream center is more than a building they serve those in need with a hand up instead of a hand out by empowering them to grow toward becoming healthy and self-sufficient through life skill classes, job training, mentorship, and a housing program called the Opportunity Village. Want to get involved? It's easy. Sign up to attend a volunteer orientation learn how you can serve with your school group, corporation, or individually. The Dream Center, where they encourage, educate, and empower. Learn more today at dreamcenterpc.org. So you're looking for financing on your next vehicle. AutoWorks in Greer has you covered with easy in-house financing and super fast approvals. Low down payments make life simple. And there's no need to drive all the way to the dealership. We can give you an answer in as little as 10 minutes. Just fill out our fast app online at AutoWorksSC.com. With almost 80 vehicles to choose from, including trucks and 3 row SUVs, finding your vehicle just got easier. Kick off 2024 in style by visiting AutoWorksSC.com. That's AutoWorksSC.com. This is Greg Ellie, the Prosperity Group. Are you retiring anytime soon? Are you concerned about the market volatility? What about all the banks that have gone under? Do you realize that now there's over 144 banks that could be having problems? Folks, is your cash safe in the bank? What are your options? Let me show you how we can protect your money, add money to your retirement account, create a pension-like income, and an inflation-friendly increasing income, and we'll help you with tax-free strategies. Call me at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. 
We're talking with Eric Snyder of Snyder Tree Care. Do bugs directly affect the health of our trees and shrubs? The short answer to that is yes. So we have a very, very targeted program to take care of the bad bugs, but to leave the beneficial bugs alone. We have a real problem with a bug called an ambrosia beetle. It'll drill into your tree and eventually kill it. So we can prevent that simply with a preventative boar spray. Leave it to Schneider Tree Care. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. I'm Richard Thompson of Thompson & King Law Firm, and I believe that every person has a God-given desire to work. That's why I take Social Security and workers' compensation cases very seriously, because most folks don't really want to think they're disabled. They hesitate to file for disability, and when they're turned down, they hesitate to appeal their case. But they are disabled. If you're presently unable to work on a daily basis, even if you don't fully understand the cause, come see me. I'll take your case seriously. I know you do. But Thompson King Law Firm, 222-0200. Are you tired of being stuck in automated phone loops, desperately trying to reach a real person? Hatflow Co. understands the frustration, and they're convinced there's a better way. Hatflow Co. believes in real connections with real people so strongly that they give you direct access to their owner-operators for that reason. Visit hatflowco.com and submit their contact form, or call or text 864-216-3400. That's 864-216-3400. Hatflow Code, where personal service makes all the difference. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. What teams and situations concern you in sports? Yeah, yeah, I am concerned. You know, I'm concerned, but, you know, we didn't get it done tonight. Um, and that's my level of concern. It- Tune in Wednesday on the Press Box to see if your problems make the concernometer. Weekdays from 9 until noon, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the roar of the press box with Brad and John. Come up at eleven twenty-four AM on this Concernometer Day. Last John for the break. Concernometer one through five on demise of G five football. Uh in not really the current form, but just also where we're headed in the future of college football. And you said it's a five, and if I gave you a scale higher than that, you would go higher than that. Yes, I would. Um and I want to pose a question from a texter here on the Adams Co. Roofing text line. Why do you think that about the G5? They have more inclusion than ever now. 
And I will say to the texter, I respectfully disagree. I think this is being framed as a way that that you're getting quote unquote inclusion in this thing. But Brad, you, you, you said a line to me during the break that has resonated with me. The only reason they're giving one at large bid to the G five is for, they don't get sued for an antitrust. Yeah. They're, they're avoiding lawsuits. That's, that's the primary reason. It's not to share the wealth. It's not to help the ecosystem of college football. It's only to help the ecosystems of the SEC and the Big Ten. It does it does it suck for the SEC and the Big Ten to have to give that up because they won't get one of their teams in there because we're including a group of five? Yeah, but it beats the alternative of having to go to, to get to the court system to keep that going. They don't want to deal with that. This is not a help. Look, in no way, shape, or form do any of these Power Five conference commissioners, or Power Four, whatever you want to call it right now, do they have any interest in keeping the G5 going? Except they need the G5 for one simple reason. What's that? They need their best players. They need to use them as a farm system. Because that's what's happening throughout the game. There's a story from Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports that came out this week. And it was titled, As College Football's Elite is Engulfed in a Power Struggle, G5 left just trying to survive, quote, we are a farm system, end quote. And he talked to uh, Will Hall, who coaches at Southern Miss. He talked to Rhett Lashley, who's actually moving up, leaving, which I, I thought was a great idea to get perspective of Rhett Lashley. Because Rhett Lashley didn't tell you, I don't really care, I'm, I'm getting out of here. He, he still gave you the issues that they're facing at the group of five level. And the reason why I think the demise is a question or is in question is this and this is what Rhett Lashley said it's a hopeless feeling that's why you see coaches leaving it's a hopeless feeling that's that quote right there John describes group of five right now now we'll get to Sean Elliott in a minute because he he does factor into this in, in, in some way but in the last cycle, a total of 144 players from the group of five moved to the Power Five with one year of eligibility remaining, according to a G5 coach who calculates such figures. Terry Bowden, former staff member over at Clemson, of course, worked at Auburn and some other places, used to be at Louisiana Monroe, uh, said anybody who is six foot five is gone, even if it's to join Power Five scout teams. If you're a 6-1 corner, you're gone. You lose your best players, end quote. There was a quote in there from Jamie Chadwell, um, who they also reached out to in the interview, and he's talking about, you know, how am I supposed to keep a guy when LSU... He quoted LSU he in there. So LSU. I'm, I'm not bringing up LSU here. As an, I'm using Jamie Chadwell here, his quote. He lost his leading receiver to LSU in the transfer portal. He said when, when LSU gives you... $300,000, a house, or apartment, and a car. How's Liberty supposed to compete with that? You tell them, best of luck. Yeah. I think that's the... the... probably consensus among most Power 5... Co- or a group of 5 coach right now. And I, There was a quote by Mike Loxley a couple weeks ago, the head coach at Maryland, and that if this is happening at Maryland... 
imagine what's happening at the G5. Mike Loxley said that he had a third or fourth string running back. Guy who wasn't even a factor on his team. Asking for $100,000 in NIL or he was going to transfer. It's a lot of non-factors transferring just for the bag. And it's and, and if you're a a collective of a G5 where you don't have a large alumni base, where you don't have a 100,000-seat stadium, where you don't have all these things that the big programs in the sport have, how are you supposed to retain any of your talent? You know, we, we've talked about this, but why would a coach want to really go and find this one- to two-star guy who's very raw and develop him for two or three years? You're just going to move on. There's something else that teams in the Power 5 level are doing to hurt the G5. I don't think this is super prominent. I don't think it's going on at every school, and it's an epidemic, and, and we've got to we, we gotta put into this right now, but we need to stop it before it becomes a bigger problem. Schools that are having schools that are, are adhering have to adhere to the eighty-five scholarship limit. But what some of these, I think, high-level NIL schools are doing is what we've talked about for a long time. I think it's obviously happening. They are bringing in players as quote walk-ons, and the NIL package they're receiving is covering the cost of their tuition and their room and board and all that goes into the scholarship stuff. I am happy to come out here and say that I feel like I was wrong on that front. You know, we've talked about this a lot, that we thought that no way would a player give up the pride of the scholarship to then just take the NIL money to pay for everything. I was wrong. We're seeing that happen right now. Again, I don't think it's happening a lot. And it's it's sort of buried near the bottom of this story. If it was, that, that sort of tells me it's not prominent everywhere else. It would be... Yeah, I think we're at the very initial stages of this happening. But is it? Can it become more prominent? Certainly, if we don't have rules. Chadwell said they've got to make up what a scholarship covers. I get it; it's smart, but the NCAA needs to create a rule requiring players to sit out a year if they are not on full academic scholarship. End quote. That'd make a lot of sense to me. But we're asking the NCAA to regulate something and create a rule for it that they feel would probably get challenged and then they would lose and they don't want to deal with that. So they're probably not going to do it. So I think the health of G5 football is greatly in peril. Chancey makes a good point in the text line here. Player movement in college football will begin to mirror professional soccer throughout the world. Everton couldn't hold on to Wayne Rooney forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, There's some similarities there. Why does this affect your school, whether you're you're a South Carolina fan, a Clemson fan, a Georgia fan, an Ohio State fan, a Michigan fan, a USC fan. How does this affect, why, why does the G5 affect you? A lot of ways. You know, you talk about you need to be able to get players from those schools. You need to be able to have someone to schedule in the non-conference because with these expanding conference schedules and we're adding in all these tough teams and the the schedules are getting difficult. You got to schedule somebody to beat. Yeah, you you still have to have some wins on the schedule. You need somebody to provide that. And, and until until these leagues go to just full conference only schedules, if they ever do that, you, you're around to collect collect a paycheck to go play these games. Don't you need FAU to come to Clemson? Don't you need Troy to come to Clemson? 
Yeah. She, Miami of Ohio. Like, you, you need these games, right? Am I, and they need these games. Yeah. Everybody needs these games. Now, I don't want 12 games of it, but you need one to two throughout a season. The problem is it's also an audition for some of the players. Yep. To get tampered. Uh, well, we shouldn't use that word anymore. It doesn't matter. Nobody hears that rule. Uh, to get re-recruited. So, but but still, it's an opportunity for them to get seen. Oh yeah. You know where else it hurts? The ecosystem of college football, coaching. Because where do a lot of coaches come from? Traditionally speaking, you you start. It's like the NCAA football game that we grew up all playing for years and years and years. You start. So it's fun to take a small school first, right, and work your way up. Sure, you can just go ahead and grab Alabama and win four straight national titles. Yeah, but no, there's no fun boring. Yeah, that's no, boring. <laughs> so, generally speaking, you start low and you work your way up. When you play NCAA, John, do you start with Alabama? Do you start with Clemson? No. You start with East Carolina. More times than not, yes. You start with Miami of Ohio. You know, Done it, yep. What league you want to play in. So, coaches work their way up. And, and sometimes it's assistants working their way up. It's not always just head coach goes to be whatever at the next level. But there's there's that avenue. See, this is this is what college baseball has been fighting for a long time. That this is why they want more staff members because you're giving people an opportunity to work, and 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 get into an industry and learn and work their way up through it. Nobody just stops being a player and becomes a head coach. You know, there's steps you have to take to get there, and if you destroy G5 football, John, you're taking away a massive coaching industry that people have worked up through and and made a name for themselves and created a resume to get to the the power five level completely agree with you and to your point of we're going to eliminate jobs if we're if some of these g5 teams because i think what's going to eventually happen these teams are going to be forced with facing one of two decisions go to the fcs or shut down the program I'm not talking like in two years. I'm, I'm talking like far down the road. Yeah. But if we're going to eliminate 20, 30 schools, and let's say what there's 85 guys on scholarship per, think of how many education opportunities are taken away. Think of how many just opportunities for life are taken away. Yeah, because a lot of lower-level schools, you get down to some of the other levels, you, they don't offer full rides. UAB still offering full rides. App State offering full rides. I just feel like it's going to hurt the entire ecosystem. You you take you remove and are we saying that it's going to be completely removed? I hope not. But there's not a place right now for the G five in the current climate of college football where it's heading, where it's going. Yeah, and we're seeing hirings taking place where it is you are more attractive candidate as a head coach to be on a staff at a big-time program than you are to be a current head coach. We're now seeing where it's going to make more sense to take the G5 head coaching job to then take a coordinator spot at a big school to then get the opportunity at a head coaching spot at a big school. It used to be head coach is a head coach. Doesn't matter what level. You're a head coach. That's a great resume builder. Not anymore. Not anymore. Do I think that some of these leagues could could be greatly diminished? Like the Mac, Cusa could just Cusa could just go away. Well, we don't even know what they are because they keep having to. They were pillaged so many times that they have to reinvent themselves. But, I think the Mac and Cusa are in a lot of trouble. And then I think some schools within these leagues are going to be headed toward 
FCS level. Like for example, we'll go to the Mac for a second. If you're Kent State or Akron, why? Seriously, why? You have some of the worst facilities in the country. You don't have a lot of money. And at Akron right now, you have one of the brighter offensive minds as the head coach of Joe Moorhead, who's won four games. Yeah. Like, there's no money in those programs. So, like, what? Well, I mean, so, the, to your point, like, you're going to have to ask yourself, does it make more sense to drop down or close up shop? Okay, Texter texture, asked the question that you originated with about the G5 and their inclusion. Says, still haven't heard you think why this destroys the G5. This makes the G5 better. You're under the assumption that the revenue model will favor them. You're under that assumption. I don't think it will. I think they'll get inclusion, but the, when it comes to the revenue model, John, they are not going to get the same piece of the pie. And how many schools are going to have to split up that money that's given to the G5 team that makes it? How many schools are we talking? 70? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to work out as well as you think it is for the G5. I, I don't think the G5 is getting some great deal here. Is it better than what they were in? Yes. But let's not act like they're ever going to get in more than one team. Do you think their revenue share is going to come close to what the Big 12 is going to get? No. Or the ACC? No. Or whatever's left of the, left of the Pac-2? No. It'll be, close, it'll be closer to that than anything. They're probably going to get more money. But if Liberty makes the college ball playoff, like that money's supposed to fund the rest of the, of the of the G5, right? Good luck splitting that 50 different ways. The smallest payout. I I just don't think it's going to be this great. So texture pushes savior. back. They will get more than they get now though, which is true technically, but it's not enough to sustain it. Yes. It's not enough to keep it going. Correct. It's not enough to fund this level of football. Yeah, you may get one team to walk into a Cotton Bowl and get routed or walk into Notre Dame Stadium or whatever and get routed, but yeah, Texas said all, all the G5 commissioners had to sign off. What were they going to do? What, do they, what power do they have? They have no power. Their purpose in the sport is to go along with what the big dogs are saying. As much as I don't like that, as much as it frustrates me as someone who enjoys G5 football and believes that there's more football to be played than in just two leagues. But unfortunately, the powers that be don't see it that way. And and what happens when, you, like we're talking about, these coaches are leaving the the group of five level. Good good coaches don't want to coach there anymore. They'd rather be coordinators than, than be a head coach there. So what what happens to the level of play from the from the top of the G five down? It gets it gets watered immensely. Yes. And so then what happens when the next contract comes up? In 2032 or whatever it is, you know, are, do they even lose even more power and more revenue distribution and all that kind of stuff? You, you don't think this stuff won't trickle down? It absolutely will. It's going to be extremely hard to sustain the group of five under the system that we currently have. That's our point. Six five four war final segment for this. Landscaper Supply in Piedmont is having a big grand opening event February 23rd and 24th. Join Quok and Ben live on location from noon till 3 on Friday the 23rd. Lots of giveaways plus free food. Landscaper Supply, Highways 8 and 81, Piedmont. The floors in your kitchen, den, and bedrooms all have an appropriate hardwood, tile, or carpeted surface. As it stands right now, the concrete floors in your garage, patio, or mechanical room are left exposed. At Iron Drive Floor Coatings, we can give those spaces the attention they deserve with the installation of our highly reviewed epoxy coatings. 
I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. Our team can finally transform your home's concrete surfaces. Schedule a free quote today at irondrivegaragefloors.com. At Carter Color Company in Clemson, you can get the Benjamin Moore paint that you need to finish any project that you're working on. If it's interior paint you're looking for, we have a great selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or business. Our Element Guard exterior paint provides protection against wind-driven rain, excessive humidity, and other harsh weather conditions, and with free finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Come see us at 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson, or the web at cartercolor.com. Workers' compensation claims can be overwhelming to handle. With medical costs, recovery time, and a loss of income, you need someone in your corner who can help. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, offers free consultations and can help you get the results you deserve. For your free consultation, call today, 864-654-3680. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, here for you. An hour of your day could mean a lifetime for a fellow Clemson fan in need. When you donate blood with the Blood Connection, you're directly impacting the lives of your neighbors, local patients right here in the upstate. The need for blood is never ending, so we hope you'll join us in this critical mission of saving lives and roll up your sleeves and donate. Just head to thebloodconnection.org donate to find a blood drive near you and save lives today. Gastroenterology Associates is the largest and most experienced gastroenterology practice in South Carolina with five office locations and three endoscopy centers in the upstate. Gastroenterology Associates provides the highest quality medical care without the cost of large hospital systems with a typical cost savings of up to 75%. No referral required, so schedule your consultation or screening colonoscopy today. Visit gastroassociates.com for procedure and location information. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylors. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The needs of modern businesses are always changing, but corporate cards haven't evolved in decades. Until now. Meet Ramp, the all-in-one finance platform that combines corporate cards with spend management software. Ramp is the only card designed to actually help your business spend less, not more. With Ramp, you can set custom controls to stop out-of-policy spend before it even happens. And Ramp software even does expense reports for you. No more manual entries, no more chasing receipts. And with best-in-class accounting integrations, you'll close your books in days, not weeks. Ramp gives you better insights and a real-time view of all company spend, so you can stay focused on the big picture and build a healthier business. Join over 15,000 businesses who have switched to Ramp and start saving an average of 5%. Modern finance runs on Ramp. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. That's R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. 
You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a Samsung Galaxy A14 included when you buy an extended silver unlimited plan. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. Online only. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Well, that's what we're here for. To get you out of your sports glass case of emotion. You're welcome. We are the Roar. It is the final segment here on the Press Box, 11.45 a.m. Wrapping things up here. We'll turn it over to Out of Bounds coming up very shortly. Clemson basketball tonight taking on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Clemson coming off that heartbreaking one-point loss to NC State uh, over the weekend, trying to get back on the winning side in the ACC standings as they're currently 7-7. 500 ball. Uh, They'll have an opportunity to do that against a team that, honestly, they should handle tonight. Uh, Six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. John, uh, Tigers have played a lot better away from home, so maybe that's the cure. (laughs) Maybe that'll fix all the the ills to go play down in Atlanta. Uh, We'll see what kind of atmosphere it is down there. Of course, they lost to Georgia Tech 93-90. to Back on January the 16th in that um, overtime. was a double overtime thriller uh, with the the Jackets. And Clemson just did not have an opportunity to make. Or did not make uh, their opportunity on the the final shot there to to keep the game going. But they did blow a late lead in regulation. That was the big storyline. They won last time at Georgia Tech. That would have been December in 2022. They played there early in the ACC season, won 79-66. That was, I believe, their first win down in Atlanta in a while. Um, But they have they before this game earlier this year, they'd won three of the or four of the last five against Georgia Tech, and so they'll try to get back on the winning side of that tonight. What what's the key? Who do you have? Uh, circled in this one, or is it just we're at the point of the season like we just know how Clemson has to win the game? I think, I think the latter. But to me, I need to see Ian Shefflin have a good bounce back performance. I didn't think offensively, he just didn't have it uh, Saturday night against the Pack. And I think when Ian Shefflin is well incorporated within this offense and is helping facilitate and do a lot of different things, I think that could really help the Tigers out tonight. Texture brings up a good point. We would not describe that game as a th- – most time we just call it an overtime thriller, but it was a overtime painful game uh, for sure. Uh, Georgia was, Tech fans probably found it thrilling. It's also a really late night. Wasn't that the – It was a 9 o'clock game, uh, yeah. God, I was up to like midnight. I'm complaining. Old, old we had to drag Brad into work the next I morning. I know. Good luck getting, getting anything out of me January 8th through the 12th, or 13th, I should say, 2025. Already looking ahead. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to theroughfm.com. And listen earlier, it was earlier this hour, I believe it was. John. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was after Tim Bray called in. 
Uh, what about I'm trying to think in terms of just what what Clemson didn't do well? Uh, obviously, they didn't, they didn't close the game out very well when they hosted Georgia Tech. But you know, defending the three, Georgia Tech got really hot and just made some ridiculous threes that I'm not sure they've made hardly since then. Uh, remember, Reeves went five of seven. George got hot, went four of seven. Uh, Sturdivant hit three in the game. Coleman hit a couple. Like they just, they were just unconscious. It felt like in the second half of the second half through overtime from the three point line. So defend the three well. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it's been tough, but get a lead. Don't let it go. I don't know. They were able to hold on to it against Miami. They were trailing. They come back. They take a lead against the Canes, and they were fine. They got a lead on North Carolina and didn't give it up in the latter minutes. They Syracuse, they almost yep. blew the game, but once they got control of in the final four minutes and regained that lead, they had no trouble pulling away. So why, why did it happen at home against Georgia Tech? Why did it happen at, uh, at home against Virginia? Well, they didn't, they didn't have a lead in that one, but... Why did it happen against NC State on Saturday night? If I had the answer, Brad Brunell would pay me handsomely. Yeah. Protect but, the basketball down the stretch. Make better see that. That's one thing you can't control. They didn't turn the ball over in the last four minutes against Syracuse. They didn't blow the game. They protected the ball pretty well against North Carolina, except I think they had one bad that one bad PJ pass that led to I guess the only points they gave up. Right. They had a bad turnover against NC State in the final minute of that game. So if you get into a close game, got to protect that basketball. That's something area that they can be better in. But don't let it get to that against Georgia Tech. Yeah, just take them out of the just take them out of the game entirely. It's right there for you. You know, with the Tigers playing better on the road than they have at home this season, and I think where Georgia Tech is right now, and the fact you came off a a heartbreaking loss, I expect the Tigers to be angry. I expect them to take the court and try to send a message tonight and make an example out of Georgia Tech. Yeah, just go out and have a big first half. Get a nice lead. And then hold on to it. <laughs> Got to hold on to it this time. That'll be the obvious key there. Uh, you know, Brad Brownell mentioned the other night after the game, Shefflin and Hall haven't really practiced a lot lately, and he thinks that's affected the the starts the games. Clemson has a little bit slow, a little bit slow out of the gate. Sure. Just didn't look, you know, cohesive early on in games. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they practiced a little bit more this week. You know, PJ had some been on the weather a little bit, and maybe it's just sort of helped or hurt them from that standpoint. And maybe tonight you see a better start for the Tigers, kind of like maybe they had it at Syracuse. And I don't know. There's something about this team being on the road. I, I don't know why, but I, I feel more confident in them on the road. Outside of the Miami game, have they not played extremely well away from home? No, they really have. Whatever you did to start the North Carolina game in Chapel Hill, do that. Yeah, come and out on a fifteen-two run to start things. Do not, do not give up. Don't give up some early good looks for Tech. Don't let them get comfortable to where they think it's going to be one of those nights where the basket's an ocean. If they can avoid that. I think the Tigers have a good chance to win comfortably tonight. Is that? Line scare you a little bit, six and a half. It's a big spread on the road. Uh, it's moved to seven and a half. Man, I think that, I don't know where you're looking. I'm going to six and a half, but um, I think that's a lot of points to have to cover on the road 
But they did against Syracuse. I don't know. I think I think Clemson will. I I I feel better about tonight than than I do when they're at home. So g- give me the Tigers tonight to win this game. I agree. I think we'll be we will be in here tomorrow morning talking about a Clemson uh, victory in Atlanta. Better. <laughs> the, the alternative is not going to be fun. I'll have to really drag you into work. Um, coming down with something. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know after the game if I'm going to be able to come. Let me know at about nine thirty. <laughs> yes, after the after the second overtime. Oh, don't do that! Don't, don't do, that. do it! Don't be that guy! Come on, man! You're not working tonight. You don't have. That doesn't to. mean I want to sit through double overtime. <laughs> you don't have to. I want to take care of business. Drag in tomorrow uh, from being in here late at night. Six five four roar. You want to get in with us? Any other college games uh, catching your interest for tonight? Hey, on the slate. slate. Well, because I mean, we already discussed the ACC. You've got Duke and Miami. You have the. Uh, the oh, horrible Miami's game time. between Notre Dame and Louisville, and then you know Clemson going on. So why is Miami so done? Do they does Duke have any trouble tonight? Ah, uh, no. Okay. Um, can I interest you in a little uh, egg bowl on the hardwood? Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Sure. <laughs> why not? Nine o'clock on ESPN two after Clemson game's over. You're always looking for late night basketball. Or are you going to tune in uh, to Kentucky at LSU? Probably not. Uh, I do have interest in the Florida-Bama game. Florida and Alabama. Florida-Bama. <laughs> Squaring off down in Tuscaloosa. It's like Florida's playing a lot better right now than they were earlier. And Alabama's, they've been Alabama. So that, that'll be a good game. Can I interest you in a game where we're going to see some coaches get very upset and probably have some really good quotes in the postgame? Yeah. St. John's at Georgetown. Oh. That's going to be some ugly basketball and some angry coaches. Not watching it. Uh, Late night action, Colorado State and New Mexico. That's the game to watch. Oh, you know we're staying up late for Mountain West hoops, baby. (laughs) Do you make it to the second half of that game? Not a chance. You're no fun. Not a chance. Let me uh, text you and try to keep you awake. Uh, You could try. The phone will be on silent, though. (laughs) I won't be responding. I may try to watch some of that game at 10 o'clock. That's not too late to start. It's not an 11 o'clock start. Like we've seen some of those West Coast games. UNLV at Air Force at 11 if you're really trying to stay up late. Yeah, fair enough there. Uh, do any of those teams need to make the Concerno meter playing tonight? Uh, well, Miami, definitely. But I no, mean, no, no, Miami's done. We're not, we're not talking about Miami anymore. Concern is, has, has left the building. All right, do you have concern? You said Florida's playing a lot better right now. Going to Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Should you be yeah. worried if you're the Tide tonight? Yeah. Yeah, Florida's playing well. Uh, you've been really good at home, though, if you're the Crimson Tide. But, yeah, I think I think you're – this feels like kind of a weird week in the SEC, doesn't it? We saw, you know, some, some – we saw A&M get beat. We saw Kentucky – or, I'm sorry, Tennessee struggle on the road last night. Took a while to really pull away. and We're at a part of the calendar where, where guys, you, you know, you've been – Grinding all season, you're in the back end of conference play. Like, you know, you're seeing some teams and players hit walls. I think so. So, yeah, I think I think tonight could be a weird one. That's why I highlighted that one. I'll, I'll be keeping up with it. I don't I do not do two screens like you and your bougie setup over there. What? But uh, I will, I'll have, I'll have uh, eyes on. 
Hey, sometimes you need two screens because if, uh, if there's a lot of sports that aren't entertaining, I can just put one on the small TV and I can go watch Suits. It's a win. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, NFL free agency getting, you know, we're just figure out franchise tags, getting close free agency and all that's going to go on there. The draft, the combine gets started on Tuesday. Can you believe the combine already? We're really under a week from the combine starting. Yeah, we really are. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to have, yeah, I, I guess it depends on your um, your outlook on that. We'll have our draft analyst on tomorrow. Ryan Roberts going to join us along with Daniel Shirley as well. But we're going to talk with Ryan about uh, where things are at in terms of, of scouting and how important the combine is for certain players and get, a, get his perspective on the Clemson guys and kind of what they're facing. So a little bit of a combine preview uh, on tomorrow's show. What is the one Clemson guy from a combine standpoint that you want to hear him talk about the most, or that you're most interested in hearing what he has to say? I don't... Mm. See, I'm, I'm more interested... One, I, I want to get his take on... Can I give you two? Please. One, I'm curious what he thinks about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That was going to be the one for me. Because there's a lot of people out there that, that say the film and the talent and all that stuff maybe don't really match up with what they think he's going to be at the pro level. And he's he's not on a lot of first-round mock drafts when we assumed he would be three months ago. Right, when he declared, yeah. So let's, we'll, we'll touch on that with Ryan. Also, you know, is, is Will Shipley an NFL back? Like, can he find a role in the NFL? I don't know. That, is it a given he's drafted? I don't think it's a given that a lot of guys are drafted. Yeah. But is it a given that he's drafted? Probably not. No. I don't think so. I, I don't think there's... Running back is such a tough position to be able to say, yeah, that guy's definitely going to get drafted. I don't fault him for leaving. I, I, I don't want to make that sound like he made the wrong decision. No, I think he made the right decision with you know some of the injuries he's had. He's got his degree. You want to go play pro ball, go play. Does the position change between now and next draft? Like the outlook of the position? No. No. And I don't think there would have been much he could have done to come back to Clemson. There's a lot of things from a Clemson perspective he could have accomplished. But in terms of upgrading his draft stock or improving it, I don't think that would have happened. No, probably not. But we'll also touch on Xavier Thomas, kind of what does he look like in terms of of, of pro scouts and and what he can do with the combine. Tyler Davis, I think, is another one that people want to talk about. Ruka Roro, that that group, those those three defensive linemen. Yeah, I want to hear what he's talking about with Nate Wiggins in the first round. Brad, I read a mock draft this morning. That has Nate Wiggins at 17 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really? I don't think that would hurt Clemson fans' feelings at all. Probably not. It'd be conflicting if you, you know, if he intercepted Trevor in practice or something, you may get a little confused, but conflict of emotions. I'm also interested to in hear what Ryan says about the quarterback position at the top of this draft. And what the Bears because the Bears are still making that decision. It's not finalized. We they're taking inquiries, trade inquiries for for Justin Fields, and we think they're going to take Caleb Williams, but how good does he feel about this class that it can be something moving forward? We'll talk about that tomorrow's show. I want to thank everybody for joining us and getting in throughout the day. Hope you have a wonderful and happy, safe Wednesday. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Take care. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 